0: Hey, good morning, everybody. Those of you who are family with us here at Generations Church, we're glad to have you with us again online. I know that we're not together, but we are together. We're just coming into your living room today. I hope that you've had a great breakfast, broke out some pancakes, some waffles, some eggs, some bacon. You're comfortable with your coffee, Ready to go, ready to get into God's word. Worship was amazing this morning, and we've just had a great time. I know that uh, this past week has been a, a bit challenging for a lot of people, uh, dealing with kids in the homes, dealing with job situations, all that kind of stuff. And I, I really hope just to bring an encouraging word uh, to the church today. If you're not a part of our church family, we're so excited, really, that you've become uh, a part with us today and you've tuned in either on YouTube or Facebook or whatever platform you're watching. We're, we're honored and glad that you've joined us. If you happen, to be in Moreno Valley, Temecula or San Diego in the coming months as uh, everything clears up. Please come join us live. We are a great family at Generations Church. Now, I do want to speak to one thing. Last week I had this little bottle of hand sanitizer up here with me and I had many comments. You didn't say anything about little hand sanitizer. So I thought today I would just go with the mega size. And uh, so we got the mega size hand sanitizer. And before I preach, I better use just a little bit of that. And uh, excited to have my hand sanitizer. Remember to wash your hands and use hand sanitizer, everybody. So we are ready. If you want to get your Bibles out, get your uh, iPad out, get your whatever out so you can take some notes, lean into the Word of God. I know it's a little bit different because I'm used to people sitting here in the crowds, but if you could see, there's absolutely no one here except the people on the other side of the camera uh, filming this. And I just want to give a big shout out uh, to all of our production team, all of our people that are taking time to film things and do things and produce things uh, so that we can bring the Word of God to you and into your home and into your living room today. So let me pray and then we'll get going. Father, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit. Father God, we pray right now that your Holy Spirit would go into every home, every every place that's watching right now, Father God. We just thank you in the name of Jesus for family, friends, church, Father God, people who don't maybe even know us, but they've they've, they've logged on to participate in church today. Lord, I just pray for your Holy Spirit that you would just touch people right where they are. You bring healing to people. You bring peace to people. You bring joy to people. I just come against anxiety and fear right now in Jesus' name and command you to go and to leave people. And devil, we just rebuke you from continuing this virus in Jesus' name. We take authority over you and over this virus. We thank you, Father God, for the doctors and the physicians and the scientists and the leaders, Father God. You give them wisdom. You give them witty ideas and inventions on how to bring a cure, how to bring a a diagnosis, so we can understand how to treat this, Father God. And we just thank you, Father God. supernaturally by your Holy Spirit, what the enemy has meant for evil, you'll turn for good, God. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody shout in your house, amen. Come on, somebody. So I want to encourage you today. Things have been canceled. No sports. <laughs> no nothing, really. Stores are closed. There's a few of them you can walk in and grab something and get out. Or there's drive through which is amazing. I sat out in front of a Starbucks the other day, and I just was using the Wi-Fi as I was doing some work, and because I drove through and had my my coffee, and I was in the car, and I couldn't believe how many people walked up and tried to open the door to the Starbucks. I was like, are you not watching the news? Do you have no clue, people, what's going on? It's like, get in your car, get in the drive-thru, or go home, and I was just kind of laughing, because they would be like, what's the deal? What's the deal? You know, I'm like, Hello, people. Wake up. And so I just want to encourage you today. Stores may be closed. Things may be canceled. We may be in quarantine, but there is still the cross. Amen. And the cross brings deliverance. The cross brings healing. The cross brings hope. The cross brings peace. The cross brings joy. And the cross brings strength. Amen. So things are canceled. Things are quarantined. Things are closed. But there's still the cross. And the cross will always be there. So Everybody responds in tragedy or to tragedy differently. And some give up, some curse God. Honestly, there's been a lot of people probably pointing the finger at God, asking God, asking God, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to my family members? And I just want to let you know today that God does not bring destruction and disease. The devil brings destruction. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, the Bible says. So sometimes God gets blamed for things that he has nothing to do with. And I just want to encourage you, be careful what we say because God is not the one who shut off everything and closed down everything. The devil's the one who's come to alter things. He's come to isolate us. He's come to break apart the body of Christ, but we're going to persevere through this storm. We're going to persevere through this situation. And the body of Christ, I believe, I'm prophesying to you right now, the body of Christ will be stronger and more knit together than ever before because of what the enemy has done. And it is forcing the body of Christ. It is forcing the church to get into technology, to get the word of God going across the globe in different ways. So I believe that churches are going to be packed to overflowing when we get back to assembling. And there's, you know, the old statistic we used to say, you know, people used to gather 1.3 times a month. I really pray and believe that that number totally is eradicated and it moves up to three or four times a month because people realize the importance of being connected and being involved in their local church community, and I know that you do today. Amen? So not everyone is tested the same when you go through difficult situations, but for those of you who are the following people, uh, you follow models, you follow different things on how, does, how, how you can turn a disaster into success, and right now, people are being creative in, uh, you know, Instagram lives and and how we do things. And churches are being creative, and, and and stores are having to be creative. And how can we how can we generate business when we can't necessarily be open? And how do we how do we get our products online? So it, it brings a creativity. So it, how people deal with disaster, or how people deal with difficult times, how people deal with storms, everybody responds differently. Some people get really enclosed and just start thinking negative and the world's coming to an end and all this. And then other people go proactive and go, well, how can we do things differently? And I want us just to encourage us today that Jesus is in the boat. He's not scared. Jesus is with us. He's not going, oh, we might as well quit. No, we already read the end of the book and we win. Amen. So I I want to read a story to you. Now, if you've been at our church for a while, you've probably heard this story before. But the last time I told it was probably about three or four years ago. But I want to read it to you so I get it accurate. Horatio Spafford was his name. He was born in 1828, and he died in 1888. He was a wealthy Chicago lawyer with a thriving legal practice, a beautiful home, a wife, four daughters, and a son, so five kids. He was also a devout Christian and a faithful student of the Scriptures. His circle of friends included Dwight L. Moody, Ira Sankey, and various other well-known Christians of the day. At the very height of his financial and professional success, Horatio and his wife Anna suffered the tragic loss of their young son. Shortly thereafter, on October 8, 1871, the Great Chicago Fire destroyed almost every real estate investment that Spafford had. In 1873, due to the fact that the the deal fell through on the sale of his property, Spafford scheduled a boat trip to Europe in order to give his wife and daughters a much-needed vacation. Spafford sent his wife and daughters ahead of him on a luxury steamer named the S.S. Ville de Havre, Havre, while in the middle of the Atlantic, the ship was rammed by a British iron sailing ship, the SS Lochern. In just 12 minutes, the steamer sank. 226 people lost their lives. Being kept afloat by a piece of debris, an unconscious Anna, his wife, was one of the passengers that was rescued. Spafford lost his four daughters while he remained in Chicago to take care of some unexpected last-minute business. Spafford was planning to join his family in Europe, where he expected to meet up with D.L. Moody and Ira Sankey on one of their evangelistic crusades. While wrapping up his affairs, Spafford received a horrible telegram from his wife, stating, Saved alone. With a heavy heart, Spafford boarded a ship that would take him to his grieving Anna in England. Spafford stood hour after hour on the deck of the ship, grieving over the loss of his precious daughters. When the ship passed the approximate place where they had drowned, Spafford received sustaining comfort from God that enabled him to write the words of this hymn. When sorrows like sea billows roll, it is well, it is well with my soul." When peace like a river attended my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. As we reflect on this story and hymn that you may be recognized, in spite of what we may have to face, let us say with Horatio Spafford, it is well, it is well with my soul. Whatever my lot, the song says, thou hast taught me to say, it is well. With my soul. Many of us have crossed over into difficult times in our lives. Some of us are dealing with difficult times in our lives right now, but I don't know that any of us have lost a son and four daughters to a a sea crash of a ship and then had the ability to express words on paper through song to tell God, It is well with my soul. And I just want to encourage us that relief does not come from fear. The title of my message, honestly, today, uh, some of you maybe recognize. How do you spell relief? And the old commercial is aids R O L A I D S. How do you spell relief in a time like we're going through right now? How do you get relief? Relief does not come from fear. You will not get relief through fear. You cannot put your mind into a panic state of fear because relief does not come from that. As a matter of fact, if you get into fear, you will sleep. You won't be able to sleep all night because of the thoughts in the mind. You do not get relief through vengeance. You do not get relief through depression. You do not get relief through blaming others. And you definitely do not get relief by blaming God. And a lot of people, they blame God. They point to God. and Generally, that's because they don't really know who God is. As we know, the Bible says God is a God of love. And why in the world would a God of love do tragic things? But there is an enemy called the devil. And we need to recognize his devices in church, we live in the last of the last days. We are in a war. We are in a fight. There is a spiritual battle going on that is much bigger than the natural battle. We're trying to come up with the cure for this one virus. But how many things are happening in the spiritual realm? And as you and I come together, we can pray in the spirit. If there's ever a time while you have time at home to pray, it's now. If you never had a good routine in prayer, you can develop a good routine in prayer right now. If you've never had a good devotional life in your life, now is a great time to set up a routine of getting a devotional time in your life. You can create new habits in this moment, in this time. If you've never gotten together with your family and prayed around the table before you eat, you have many times that you can put that into practice right now. So begin to maybe reestablish or establish maybe for the first time some things in your life that you know you need to do. And blaming God is definitely not going to bring you peace. Relief comes from avoiding disaster by using wisdom. I got some things on how we can discover relief in times like this. Proverbs 4, verse 5 and 7 says, "'Get wisdom, get understanding. "'Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth.'" Verse 7 says, "'Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, "'and in all you're getting, get understanding.'" Proverbs nine ten. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So now isn't really the time to be working on, you know, difficult things or different things. Now is the time where you have already established things, and you know how to get through difficult seasons. If your marriage is on the rocks before you got to this season, you've got to press together even harder now. If you've had arguments, or you were disgruntled before this moment, and you're having more fights, you cannot let the devil get in the middle of your marriage at this moment in this time and cause a separation or cause more things. You've got to push together. You've got to push together with your health. Don't just, you know, let health go away because this is where symptoms come from. And we have to be in financial planning, just realizing that we've got to use wisdom in this season when it comes to our finance. Don't just be going and and going through drive-thrus and just eating whatever when, when you got bills to pay and things to do. Use wisdom. And maybe there's some things in our life, honestly, we need to cut back on and this gives us an opportunity to put those things in check relief comes from your faith proverbs 3 says this do not be afraid of sudden terror let me say that one again do not be afraid of sudden terror nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes for the lord will be your confidence come on somebody and will keep your foot from being caught Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in the power of your hand to do so. And then Psalms 34 says this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I know you've heard that before, that, you know, all kinds of stuff. But right now, that's that's a good time to use this scripture. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Whining and complaining. No, 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 not that. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Pointing fingers at other people that needed to be doing stuff. No, no, no. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Amen. And then it says in verse 2, my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Let us exalt his name together. Here we go. Verse four. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Not some of my fears, but all of my fears. When did that happen? When I sought the Lord. When you're nervous right now, you're not sure what's going to happen, what job's coming, is anybody going to get this thing? How are we feeling? You cough one time and you're like, ah, like that. No, no, no. Don't let fear get in there. Seek the Lord. There's a great time when you seek the Lord, it's in this moment right here that fear will be repelled because you're going to Him rather than the circumstances. And so we need to recognize that relief comes from your faith. It reminds me of... uh A story in the Old Testament, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, If you're not familiar with it, I'll just read you one of the little texts here, but it's in the book of Daniel. Uh, You have time, so you can go and read this story. Daniel chapter 3 and verse 16 says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied. So here was this deal. They had this golden image, and you had to worship it. And if you don't worship it, then the king had this decree that you were going to get thrown into a burning fiery furnace. And so, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. I love their faith. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. Isn't that amazing? He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. Verse 18. But even if, everybody say even if in your home. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, King Nebuchadnezzar, your majesty, that we will never serve your God's. Or worship the gold statue that you have set up. I love this because this is where it it has to switch from a what if spirit to an even if spirit. To from a what if spirit, what if this happens, and what if this happens, and what if I get it, and what if we lose everything, and what if everybody in my neighborhood gets it? What if? What if? What if? What if? What if? What if then they come with a even if. In other words, the even if we're gonna follow God, we're gonna be full on into God, we're gonna worship God, and even if we get burned, we're not going to bow down and worship this other golden image that you said. So we got to switch our attitude from a what if to a even if. In other words, I'm firmly planted in what I believe is a follower of God and a follower of Jesus Christ, even if it does not come to pass. Even if I come down with the virus, even if I'm going to, he's going to see me through this thing. You've got to be bold. You've got to have, have faith, uh, a powerful faith during this time. And so they responded by faith in their God. They didn't bow down to the fear of being thrown into the furnace or the fire. Now, if you read the rest of the story, it's really crazy because they get thrown into the fire, but then there's another guy dancing in there and it looks like Jesus and Jesus in there. They come out of the fire, they're not burned, but the guys that threw them in the fire, they all got burned. So God is on your side. Another point I want to point out to you is relief comes from your response. Relief comes like disaster relief times, relief when storms are coming. Relief comes from your response. Joseph, if you remember in the Old Testament, Joseph was a guy that he was thrown into a pit to be abandoned and sold by his own family. Not a good day. Not a good day. Sold to Potiphar into slavery. Another not so good day. Stayed away from Potiphar's wife, but was still accused, sleeping with her and thrown into prison. Again, not a good day. If anybody ever had an opportunity to say, God, why are you doing this to me? What if it was Joseph? But he kept his faith, and he kept his response correct. And then Joseph's response to follow God and trust him and the favor that came on his life. So then he got thrown in prison, and then the guy who said, I'll tell him when when I get out, he totally forgot. What a friend, you know? Totally forgot. And so he still kept his attitude right. He still kept worshiping Jesus. So no matter what the devil throws at you, no matter what circumstances come your way, you just got to be like Joseph and say, I don't care. I'm going to serve God. God's going to see me through and Man, did God ever do that in his life. Amen? So it was an amazing story of Joseph and how he was abandoned, but his response brought him his relief. His response to negative circumstances and speaking the word of God and staying true to what he believed, that was critical and that was key in his life. And then you got Daniel in the lines, and I spoke a little bit about that last week. It says in verse... Uh, 21, then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatever was found on him. Amazing, because he believed, because he believed, because he believed in his God. And the king gave the command that, and they that brought those men had accused Daniel, the guys that, ratted on him that they were cast into the den of lions them their children and their wives. Not a good day. And the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces before they ever came to the bottom of the den. See, Daniel believed and trusted in God, and the guys that ratted him out, not only did they go in, so this is really kind of a testimony of guys, men out there, you got to lead your families. You got to lead them to follow Jesus Christ. Amen? Because here in this case, it was not a good story for those who ratted out and didn't trust in God. And then, of course, we got Jesus. Jesus responded to the storm because he was sleeping in the storm. He responds to hate with love. He responds to everything differently than the world around us responds and we have to recognize and then I want to get to this one here relief comes from others and there's no greater time than right now relief comes from others I took the opportunity uh to kind of just I got a couple of neighbors on our block that uh, they're both 70 and older and I just took a couple little notes and just put it on their note doors and gave them my cell phone I said if you need us to get you anything just just let us know and and the sweet lady I've maybe just seen her a few times, she responded and texted me right away and just thanked me so much for reaching out to them. And it's just these little things where you can, you can sow a seed of God's love and God's compassion and, and just the generosity of people's hearts that can speak so loudly during these times. And so relief is my next point. Relief comes from others. In Acts eleven twenty seven, 27, it says this. And in these days, prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch. Then one of them named Agabus great name, don't name your kid Agabus, stood up and showed by the Spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout the world. Interesting. Which also happened in the days of Claudius. Don't name your kid Claudius either. Caesar. Then the disciples, each according, watch this, then the disciples, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in Judea. This they also did and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. In the time that there was famine, who stood up? Who who spoke out? The disciples. And they sent relief to those who were elders. They sent relief to the brethren who were dwelling in Judea. And so this is a time where we can bring relief to our neighbors. We can bring relief to our, our church family. We can bring relief if we know somebody that's out of wipes, out of toilet paper, out of diapers out of rice out of anything this is a moment where we can come and we can bring relief to others and then of course relief comes from him my last point Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28 come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is Is light. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. So I just want to encourage you, church, that in this moment, in this time, there's all kinds of uh, unsettling nervousness, anxiety can enter in. There's just a lot of unknowns, to be honest with you. And in this moment, there's one thing that we do know Jesus is King. Jesus is on our side. He's our healer, He's our provider, He's our salvation, He's our joy, He's our peace. Everything else can be up and down and all over the place. The stock market's up and down. The the gas is up and down. The grocery stores, we don't know when to go, when not to go. Is someone going to have meat and someone's going to have toilet paper? We don't know anything. But there's one thing we know. Jesus is our rock. Jesus is our salvation. Jesus will sustain us. Jesus will hold our arms up. Jesus will be with us. And in this time, when there's uncertainty all around, we as believers can stand firm and we can stand in our faith. We can stand on others. We can stand in our belief that Jesus will hold us together. So I just want to pray with all of us right now and just pray for all of our family, uh, wherever you're watching around the United States or on the other side of the world. We're just going to pray, and I'm just going to pray and just believe with you guys and uh, just just for God to minister to you and just to be there for you. So let's just pray. Let's just pray. I know we can't necessarily grab each other's hands, but let's just lift our hands to heaven and let's just pray and just believe. So Father God, we just come before you right now, Lord. And we thank you, Father God, that you bring us relief, Father God. Our faith brings us relief. Your love brings us relief, Father God. Others around us can bring us relief. And so, Father God, in storms and, and difficult times, when we find relief, it comes from you, Lord. And so I just pray for everybody, Father God, while they're sitting in their homes or in their kitchens, in their bedrooms, wherever they're at, they're watching. Father God, I just pray for your Holy Spirit just to touch people, that you are their hope, that you are their peace, you're their joy, God. And I just pray, Father God, that people that are in fear, I just rebuke fear right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father God, for your peace and your hope and your joy to come into their life. And we just thank you, Father God, and we just we just thank you for families right now, for marriages right now, for, for healing and restoration. We pray, Father God, for jobs and finances supernaturally, miraculously coming to people that need it, Lord. We just pray for President Trump and Vice President Pence, Father God, and all the decisions and all the people around them, that they make the best decisions for everybody in the United States of America, Father God. And we just pray for Generations Church. We pray, Father God, uh, we keep moving forward, Father God. We thank you in the name of Jesus that you are our provider. In Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to take a moment before we dismiss and just kind of uh, go about our regular days. Uh, I want to I want to remind you, if you're watching right now, that this this gets broadcast again, and I want to encourage you to share this. Share it on Facebook. Share it wherever you can share it, so other people that maybe weren't in our time zone can participate with this. But if you're if you're watching today, and maybe you're not a follower of Christ, maybe you've kind of just not had a whole great experience with the whole church thing. I I totally get it. I understand it. Um, Maybe you, you don't really understand God or understand church or understand anything about it. I just want to share this with you. God loved you so much that he gave his only son, the Bible says, so that you have a choice on eternity in heaven and hell. Maybe you've heard that before, but have you ever actually made the decision? Have you ever actually personally made the choice? A lot of people go, well, you know, my mom or my grandma. Yeah, but when you stand before God, it's, it's all on you. It's all on you. So if you've never in your heart, there's no greater time than right now when a lot of people are panicking, what's happening in the world, what's going on, is Jesus coming back? Well, if he does, is your heart right? Have you made him the Lord and Savior of your life? So I just want to pray with you. I want to pray through this camera lens into your home, because it doesn't, you don't have to be here holding my hand to pray. You just have to pray with your heart. Pray with your heart. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. So it's all about your heart anyway. I'm just gonna help you pray the prayer. So if you're listening right now, maybe you need to recommit your life to God, then I just want you to pray this prayer with me. Everybody just say this. Say, Father God, I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I believe that your son Jesus went to the cross for me. He shed his blood for me. And God, I receive your son today as my savior and my Lord. I thank you for peace in my heart, God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.